Welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. And I'm Lauren. Rain. Oh my goodness, yes, here too. Rain every day. Yeah, we didn't have a ton of rain until today, and today it's just like, sploochity gooshity blue sploosh. <laughs> that is the automatopoeia style of speaking. Yeah, I mean, it's not really what rain sounds like most of the time. This is now an ASMR podcast, and we are just impersonating rain. I mean, knowing Japanese, I'm sure there is some word for the sound of rain in Japanese. They have long suspected that Japanese and Turkish were a related language because, in part, they're both so focused on onomatopoeia, and they finally found some roots of the language. Look at that. Oh, there's a lot. Use one that is appropriate for the kind of rain that you are getting right now. Okay, so for the kind of rain I'm getting right now, um, shitoshito. Seems appropriate. Shitoshito. Gentle rain. Heavier than a drizzle, but not quite as intense as a downpour. Yep, sounds good. It's very common. uh, Very common. Going from least to most. So it looks like we got potsu potsu which is sporadic rain that you see or feel when it's about to start raining. You've got parapara, which is irregular patterned raindrops. You've got shito shito, which is gentle rain. You've got bota bota, which is large drops. And you've got za za, which is continuous heavy rain. Ah, I would agree. Shito shito is the one that is the right one for right now. Interesting to note, Bota Bota is also the name of a manga that um, B-Stars author Paro Itagaki just started publishing. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, B-Stars was a really popular anime that has created a brand new generation of furries oh, on B-Stars. Netflix. B-Stars! Okay, okay. I kind of remember you telling me about it. Yeah, it's hot. Um, if you like anthropomorphic animals, which, of course, everyone does. We've talked about Robin Hood Fox. But uh, Paru Itagaki is the very interesting author who never appears in public without her face covered. And she just started... um, Beastars had its run in Japan. And she's just put out a new comic called Bota Bota, which deals with a woman who suffers heavy nosebleeds when aroused, which is a thing in Japan. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about Shel Silverstein. (laughs) That's what this podcast is about, right? Ostensibly. What are we reading today? I was going to do With His Mouth Full of Food. With His Mouth Full of Food. Milford Dupree, though he knew it was rude, talked with his mouth full of food. He never would burp or walk out in the nude, but he talked with his mouth full of food. His mother said, Milford, it's crude and it's lewd to talk with your mouth full of food. Why? Even the milk cow who mooed as she chewed never mooed with her mouth full of food. And the cuckoo would never have cuckooed if he'd cooed with his mouth full of food. His dad said, get married or go get tattooed, but don't talk with your mouth full of food. If it was a crime, you would surely get sued if you talked with your mouth full of food. Why? Just like an animal, you should be zooed as you talk with your mouth full of food. For you know, we're all put in a terrible mood. When you talk with your mouth full of food. They pleaded and begged. He just giggled and chewed. And laughed with his mouth full of food. And they all advised him he simply poo-pooed. So they sent for the gluer and had his mouth glued. Because he talked with his mouth full of food. Now instead of good morning, he says, 
Fucking barbaric, huh? Repugnant. <laughs> I cannot. I was having visceral reactions as you were reading that poem. Like, really? It trips the same part of my brain that can't touch hairy clogs. Mm, mm, okay. God, like I'm, I'm picturing it right now, and like my shoulders are recoiling. Like sitting across the table from someone, or God for fucking bid on a date or something, <laughs> and you find out that someone chews with their mouth open. Oh my God, just fucking kill me. I do remember when I was a little kid, and uh, I was at a friend's house eating dinner, and my friends and I were talking with our mouths full of food. And the dad said, don't talk with your mouth full of food. But he did that. He was talking with his mouth full of food. <laughs> no, but in that skilled adult way where you shifted the side of your face and you're like, don't talk with your mouth full of food. And I'm not sure if my current coping mechanism is any better because every now and again, you're, you'll are you be eating and someone will ask you a question mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. and you sort of like you're not going to hold up a finger to wait 30 seconds to respond. And so my new thing is to just cover my mouth with my mm-hmm, hand mm-hmm, and do mm-hmm. the food shifty. Mm-hmm. Which seems a little gross now that I think about it objectively, but hmm. see, I don't really mind if people talk with their mouth if they have food in their mouth, so long as they like very deftly shift it so that it's not visible and it doesn't spray. Have you seen the little kid thing where they like will will hold food in their mouths? Yes. Oh, isn't that weird? Why do they do that? I don't know. I figure I probably did it. Oh my god, that's so bizarre. My little niece, I I had forgotten that this was a thing, and she was like, oh, between the ages of two and three, and there was a period where she just like, you would give her a mouthful of something, and she would go to eat it, and she wouldn't swallow. Like, she would just walk around with food in her head, and would keep it there for minutes at a time, and I, oh my god, I just, Well, did she like it or not like it? Oh no, she liked it. It was like, I'm I'm doing this because I enjoy the feeling of this thing, and I cannot, oh no, oh no. That's very interesting. See, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I would hold food in my mouth if I didn't like it in order because I didn't like I didn't want to swallow. I didn't get that it was over faster if you just swallowed it. Oh, so I would so I would just hold it in my mouth until I found an occasion to spit it out somewhere because I didn't understand. This is horrible. I know. I know. It was terrible. This is like fear factor all of a sudden, where it's like, hello, you need to eat these cockroaches, but you have to hold them in your mouth for 35 <laughs> seconds. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, sometimes it's hard to get nasty things past your gag reflex. Oh, you see, that's why whiskey was invented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure with uh, when people are inebriated, they're more likely to talk with their mouths full of food. Undoubtedly. What's the grossest thing you've ever eaten? Uh, so in Japan... <laughs> I don't even know what it was, but I know that I was dared to eat it by the other teachers as a joke. But it was like okay. this cold, gelatinous, gray, lumpy, and it was definitely like an animal part, and like it was definitely a chopped up animal part. And I was thinking it was probably like some kind of raw squid or something. I don't even know, but it was foul. Huh? And it wasn't cognac. Oh, no, I know what cognac, cognacu was. I knew that. Cognacu. Cognacu, I didn't like very much, but it was, you know, it's fairly unoffensive. You're just like, well, this is a terrible texture, no flavor. The end. <laughs> this is a terrible texture, no flavor. Now I'm furiously Googling, like, it had a gray, sauce to cold. It too. What was that? It had a sauce. And I do, I do not know whether it was raw or not. It seemed raw, because but that might have just been because it was cold. 
Huh. Maybe Man, it was brown I'm... instead of gray, but I remember it being an unappetizing color and an unappetizing texture. And it was definitely given to me to see if I'd eat it. And after I didn't eat it, I noticed nobody else ate it either. Huh, this is so interesting. I'm just getting foods that I know. It's like, here's cognac, here's zaru soba, here is... Yeah, I have no spam, idea what it was. Spam musubi. Interesting. Yeah. It definitely... They knew I uh, was a vegetarian, but I ate seafood, so... It was likely seafood. <laughs> Definitely something fish adjacent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My grandmother has long suspected that there is something wrong with how I swallow. Um, hmm. Because w- when I was a child, I still do it to this day, but I'm an adult and I've learned how to cover that up. But when I was very small, I would burp a lot when eating. Mm. And basically after every swallow, like I-, I would swallow and then I would burp. And... She suspected that I just swallowed air with food every time that I did it, and there might be something to that, but uh, but I haven't figured out any wrong way that I swallow. Hmm. I mean, I know that's one of the reasons why they say you shouldn't talk with your mouth full of food is that you're more likely to swallow air while you're eating. I noticed that I have a weird burping thing, especially when my I've been having pain in my neck, that if I lift my neck up, if I look up, I sometimes will burp. Can you burp on command? Mm-mm. Oh, I can. See, now I mean, we're talking phys- physiology, and this is interesting. I mean, when I actually, you know, there's a perfect poem that will lead into this. Uh-oh. Yeah, there's another one in here. Rudy Felsch. Rudy Felsch knows how to belch. Better than anyone ever did. Margo says that Rudy Felsch is a nasty, vulgar kid. Someday he will go to hell, or jail, or Canada. But now, <laughs> every night I pray that first... Rudy Felsch will show me how. Oh, didn't you love that kid in school, the one who got in trouble? <laughs> I don't like burps very much, people's burps very much. Those can gross me out if it's a like big, long one. I think if they're small, like if someone just goes like, like that. I, oh, I, I don't think care that's about that. Little, uh, you see, that's funny. I think that's gross. But I mm. think if they're long and sort of strident, that <laughs> that adds a new element of wonder <laughs> to the thing. <laughs> And, like, especially if you can do it commandingly, like a moose mating call kind of a thing. What? I, I very much enjoy that. The bro mating call? Yeah, the bro mating call. Like, like that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I like to think of this poem, actually, as I keep reading it as ruby flesh. And oh, God. I, in, in my idea, that's actually, like, a horrid little girl is the one teaching everybody how to belch. And I hope that I wish I think it should be that way. Jesus, have you ever... That, that is the worst last name I can imagine. Flesh? I don't know. I turn the letters around and I, that's what I read until I actually look at it. Man, that is a successor to Darth Vader as a great villain named Ruby Flesh. Jesus Christ, that's like some Hellraiser shit right there. Mm-hmm. Our latest Cenobite, Ruby how do Flesh. I, how do I keep coming up with these little bits of like two-word horror or whatever for you? I don't know, but it's dang good. Mm-hmm. Shell has these two poems on manners. One of them is like, yeah, talking with your mouth full of food is gross. And the other one is, yeah, burping. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and but the, the thing about that one, I, I don't think that's about burping. I think that's about, you know, anti-establishment. I think that Shell's beatnik mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm, running mm-hmm. through where it's like, I want to be like the bad kid. Right. And this is just the thing that he does that pisses off the adults. Okay, but what do you think the the talking with your mouth full of food? Because that one is sort of a has sort of a like, uh, don't do it, or they'll sew your lips shut like you're in like some terrible medieval punishment. 
I don't care how cool or beatniky you are, if you talk with your mouth full of food, you deserve to be shot into the sun. That still somehow is less barbaric than sewing someone's lips together. Oh, no, not sewing them, gluing them together. This slappy food with this wet tongue glistening in the middle of it. Ugh. You are seven nightmares. Don't mince words, Russ. Tell us how you really feel. Well, I have a poem. Oh, do you? And I am reading I Won't Hatch. Aw. Oh, I am a chicky who lives in an egg, but I will not hatch. I will not hatch. The hens, they all cackle. The roosters all beg. But I will not hatch. I will not hatch. For I hear all the talk of pollution and war as the people all shout and the airplanes roar. So I'm staying in here where it's safe and it's warm. And I will not hatch. Tell us about the drawing. Oh, the drawing is cute. It's a little egg with just a tiny little beak poking out. It is cute, yeah. Yeah, but this was my segue into... We were having a discussion prior to the beginning of the podcast about clickbait and fear. And Mm -hmm. dominating the news cycle for the last two days has been, much to the internet's chagrin, the poorly named Omicron variation of COVID and not new. And... The endless fear-mongering that I've been seeing where they are afraid because there's a new variant and no one knows what it does and that's the end of it. But there are lots but, of new variants, but this is one of the few that's a variant of concern. Yeah. Well, there's always been... There, there, there have been lots of variants of concern. Alpha True. was a variant of concern. Delta was a variant of concern. Now, this one's a variant of concern. And the thing of it is... I mean, Delta, Alpha, Delta rightfully was a variant of concern. But, but what happened with it? Nothing. Lots of people died. Well, lots of people died of all of them, but it wasn't special. Like, and by that point, we were getting vaccinations happening. But what pisses me off is, one, no one knows what this thing does. It's pure speculation, and we like to generate clickbait based on fear. And two, we're starting to see travel bans happen again in the last two days. And note, we've seen Omicron in South Africa, Belgium, and Hong Kong, which already means it's worldwide, Mm -hmm. and we've banned travel from African countries and nowhere else. Hmm. Where is the travel ban from Belgium, where Omicron's also been spotted? That hasn't been implemented. Why? Because right. there's very few brown people in Belgium. Exactly. And so, like, I just wish people would shut up until somebody knew something. So Be afraid my- is the headline. Here's a new variant, and you should fear it. Why? We don't know. There is the, the thing, though, that, that when people are that collectively people are better about making guesses than we are individually. That's with estimations. That's yes. not with, like, facts. <laughs> well, That's what, I mean... W- w- wisdom of the crowd applies to, like, guessing number of jelly beans in a jar, not how effective does, a virus is going to be. It actually does. It actually does. They do. They can get uh, data on how flu seasons are going by asking, for example, nurses what they think is happening with that. And so you when you cook collect the answers together you get a pretty good idea of a prediction of how the flu is going to spread but we don't this has been around for we've known about it for a week like this isn't something that you you can ask someone how it's going they just figured out how to test for this thing well so been we've been aware of it for a week that doesn't mean south africa hasn't been around it hasn't been aware of it for longer 
where I will remind our listeners at press time, 25% of the population is vaccinated. Oh, golly, I wonder why it's spreading so quickly. I'm just mad. Well, the, okay, so I think there's more to it simply because at this point we know more about when we should be concerned about a variant than we did when we were looking at, say, beta or gamma. And the other thing is that the reason why Delta was a big deal is because it's better at spreading. It's not necessarily more lethal or anything like that, but it meant that the people who weren't really trying to protect themselves, if they managed to escape the first variant, they were going to get the second. And I failed to see a problem here. (laughs) Well, because then it meant that some people who couldn't get who like the vaccine didn't work for got sick and died i I would venture to say that the sensible among the immunocompromised are following rules right but also i mean if omicron takes down a few more cues i'm not going to shed a tear yeah but you get the people who are in the hospital and the hospital is a great place to get to get some covid variant you have a much bigger heart than i do I'm I'm sad about the people who got vaccinated and got it anyway and died. There aren't that many of them, but there are some. You've had, what, like a dozen tests by this point? Mm, at least. At least. And I have still had zero tests, but I'm going to need one next month because I'm going to be traveling. So mm-hmm. The reason my hackles were up was because we're um, doing the Christmas time travel. And, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't seen my family in, what, going on two years now and uh, my better half hasn't seen her family in the better part of two years yeah and we got an email from her mom saying oh they just found a new variant we should probably stay home and i was like all right well fine then you don't want us coming we're gonna go somewhere else and when faced with that reality she's like oh no no y'all should definitely come y'all should definitely come (laughs) but it's like i hate fear-mongering for the sake of fear-mongering i just i'm not sure it is that though but i do have to say this is exactly the sort of fear-mongering that i find exciting oh that's unfortunate i'm sorry there's a ladybug it's trying Why to come in so for the winter ladybugs? they're looking for a spot to hang out for the winter oh look at him i'll leave him be hopefully he'll find a little crack somewhere i don't know how they get in it's cracks so why what about this chicky uh, made you think of the omnicron Oh, because, oh, let's be afraid, let's be afraid, I'm going to stay inside forever at the end. I don't know, that chick sounded like it might have been the best idea. Also, there's... I'm kind of impressed with the hubris of people that are having children. And, you know, it's a biological process, it'll happen in spite of you, but... Especially in Texas. Especially in Texas. Well, that whole abortion thing, that's... That got struck down pretty quick-like, but, you know. I, I thought it was still active. It's 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 going through it's going through the courts right now. Yeah. But it but but it's not enacted. It it, it was struck down very quickly. As of November twenty second, it seems like it was still in effect. I think what I'm thinking of is that it was put into effect. It was struck down. It went back into effect, and then the Supreme Court was going to hear rush. Right, and I think as of the like 22nd, a rush decision on it. And the the t- they were supposed to I think say something on the twenty second, and then they didn't. <laughs> and then they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank heavens for New Mexico. Yeah. Unless you can't travel, in which case. Right. Texas is a big state. Getting out of it is hard. Texas is a big state. Texas is so big, you could fit the entire United States into it, including Texas. <laughs> that does seem accurate. <laughs> I love spurious claims. Like yeah, that. no, I like it. I was oh. looking oh. on Facebook today, and someone had posted a thing about uh, chicks that 
If the hen sits on the chicks too much, sometimes they can have splayed legs as they're developing. So <gasps> something you do is you then put the chick in like a cup or something. and <laughs> To put its little legs back in place? Well, it's because it's sort of physical therapy for the chick. Like it'll try to, because ju- as it's jumping to get out of the cup, it'll strengthen its legs back Oh up. my God, that's the cutest possible thing. Yeah, you get a little chick in a cup and it's really cute. It's like how they anesthetize like hedgehogs and rats and things like that. How they just take the mask and just plunk it down on top of them. <laughs> oh, everything is terrible and nothing will ever get better. Mm. Oh, do you have anything uplifting to leave our listeners with? It's starting to, we're starting to get a lot of snow on Mount Hood. And that's great because maybe I'll get to go cross-country skiing soon. Ooh.